0: Hello and welcome to Dungeon Regular, a show about modules, adventures and dungeons. I'm Nova, also known as Idol Cartoolery, and I'm reading through Dungeon Magazine one module at a time. I'll summarise that module, talk about its strengths and weaknesses, and then talk about a few interesting things about it that could be used at the table or impact your own homebrew design. Today I'm going to talk about Kingdom in the Swamp by John Nephew in issue number 4, January 1987. Kingdom in the Swamp is a module that features rescuing a team of adventurers from a small castle haunted by an evil vampire. It's a surprisingly slight adventure for its page count, and has a wry sense of humour to it. The vampire is supposed to be unique, so it would probably be best in a system like Cairn, or in a system that leans into the humour of the situation, like Dungeon Crawl Classics. It's worth noting that this is the second module by John Nephew after Grackert's Lair, which I reviewed in episode number 3. What can we take back to our table from Kingdom in the Swamp, even if we don't use it in our home campaign? Number one, our first referee insert character. A referee insert is a character placed into the adventure that's clearly intended to guide the player characters and be a little overpowered for the situation. Candor Fletton, the thief that starts the players on the quest, gets more character description than the vampire, and a page of boxed dialogue. It's just a bit much, and I won't linger on the point... But characters like this should either be assigned as henchmen, so the players are stepping into their shoes, or they feel useless and intrusive. And a page of box text is never an acceptable solution, no matter how much the author enjoys the character's unique patter. To existing lore, the primary thing I remember from Gracket's Lair is the deep cut of the Norkers, a particularly unique species of goblin known to players of AD&D. John Nephew takes another deep lore cut here by having the vampire have a bargain with the god Orcus. Thus far, this author is the only one to utilise existing Dungeons & Dragons lore in his modules, which to me is something that entries in a magazine like this could really lean into. There's something very cool about the idea of a zine written by multiple authors, all set in the same region. Maybe I'll put that in my back pocket, or maybe one of my listeners will pounce on the idea first. 3. Wilderness Travel The Wilderness Travel is actually very interesting terse in a way that i appreciate and that with a little tweaking would be really compelling the whole space only takes up a page and features some of the most interesting characters like an outlaw camp a wounded hydra and a green hag giving all of these hooks into each other and the vampire castle would have capitalized on already neat encounters this already happens with a graveyard which is positioned as a last stand for the vampire when the player characters defeat him and he flees to grounds where he can summon minions. I'd love for the Hydra to have been wounded by the bandits, for the Hag to have a relationship with the Algoids or the vampire. Remember that in a small wilderness, no creature exists in isolation, but rather in an ecosystem of relationships and conflicts. For the castle, this is a small nine-room affair, better considered a manor than a castle. I quite like it. It has empty rooms, it has a setup that feels consistent and real to a castle that was once occupied. It seems a little strange that the three prisoners are held separately across only nine rooms, however, and the castle doesn't loop in any meaningful way. There is a secret room that's fairly easy to intuit if the players are mapping the space. I really like that this module goes where previous vampire-themed module, the Dark Tower of Kabbalah, doesn't. The vampire, Kennetha, is everywhere possessing the captives, and the castle really tells his story and foreshadows the final confrontation. He's everywhere here, and this is a great way to turn a simple nine-room dungeon crawl into something more akin to a horror-themed raid. 5. The Vampire Kennetha This is a unique vampire, and I love that for this adventure. He has a unique backstory, he's not a vampire because he was bitten by anyone, but rather because he's cursed to be in this fly-bitten swamp for eternity, or his soul is sent to hell for an eternity of torture by a spiteful demon lord. He's bitter and angry, wants to die, and is afraid to. He's a fool as well, and his curse is due to his own hubris. Just a character that's underutilized, to be honest, in such a two-bit role. I'd love to see more of him. The conclusion features a bastard child of Kennetha, but honestly I'd rather Kennetha have a secret escape the whole time and recur because I like this nasty, spiteful, selfish vampire a lot. That's Kingdom in the Swamp in a nutshell. I hope that you'll join me for the next episode of Dungeon Regular. If you have any questions, please reach out. I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky and Mastodon at Idol Cartillery, and I write reviews and blog at Blog. If you'd like to support Dungeon Regular, please visit my ko-fi at ko v forward slash You can make a one-off donation or become a member. Members get free copies of Dungeons Regularly by Zine of Blank Dungeon Maps. They're prioritised for their questions to be included in Dungeon Regular mailbag episodes, can have suggestions for future bathtub reviews, and get to see bathtub reviews a week in advance on my ko-fi before they go public. Now, theme music is an extract from Turning the Page by Kirk Osamayo on the Free Music Archive, used under a Creative Commons licence. Thank you for listening to Dungeon Regular.